Hi, and welcome back to the Soda Pop Podcast. My name is Kaya Williams. I am your host for today's episode, and I'm joined by some very special guests. To start off with, we're going to just interview Dr. Abe. So he is the director of uh, the opera that we're currently having, and that's what today's episode is about. So let's get to know him a little more. Can you say hi for me, Dr. Hello. Abe? Hi, um, I'm so excited to meet you. Um, I've been trying to get in contact with this man for about three weeks and he finally got back to me and I was so excited. So that was so great. So one thing about Dr. A, he directs both opera and musical theater here at UNA and I feel that's very important to start off with because my question is, why are you here at UNA? And how long have you been here? Yeah, this is my second year at UNA. And um, why am I here? Um, I ask myself that question. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, I'm here because uh, I think UNA offers a really great student experience. And uh, I wanted to be a part of that. Uh, I've taught at a number of different institutions. And I have a strong commitment to providing a really high quality education at an affordable price, which I think UNA definitely provides. So the combination of the experience and the uh, fact that our students won't be in crippling debt by the time that they, they graduate, I think is a real big plus, especially in this type of economy and in this type of work that we do. Yes, that's a very good reason. And then a question that I have is, how did you get introduced to opera? Because to me, you don't just meet people who do opera all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, it, for me, it was sort of by mistake. Uh, I started off singing in choirs as a kid, but I was really interested in being a drummer. Um, I have two older brothers, and they were really into lots of different types of music. And so, like, I listened to Kiss when I was a kid and saw my first video with Peter Chris like, blowing stuff up on stage. And I thought that's what drumming was all about. Like, how how do I blow stuff up? I got to play drums. So uh, I, I made a deal with my mom that after uh, two years of piano lessons, they would buy me a drum set. And about seven years later, I was still asking for that drum set, and uh, I ended up getting into singing and a few other things along the way. Uh, and luckily, my voice, when I, before it had even changed, when I was like a very little boy, and I had a voice that was way up here, I ended up getting a solo with um, the Rochester Oratorio Society, which is a, a pretty big organization in Rochester, New York, where the Eastman School of Music is. And uh, I ended up taking lessons there throughout my high school. We love that. Okay. And then my question is, why do you teach opera as well? Mm. Well, you know, I think there's so many interesting stories um, that uh, have been created throughout history. And um, we all come to it with our own stories. And I think the infusion of our own lived experience with the uh, stories from days gone by, as well as things that are being written just right now. Uh, I think it's a vital part of the human experience. It's a, it's a very rare thing when we can go into a space and sort of shut out the rest of the world and experience what it is to be uniquely human, to see these human stories being played out and hopefully being played out in a very relevant way, a way that that makes sense to us in our modern context and, um, and just provides us with that experience to be able to 
think and feel and be together and share that experience. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And the very last question I have for you before we talk about the opera is what is your soft drink and soft jam? What mm. what have you been drinking on and what's, what's you been jamming on repeat? So for beverages, I'm a huge fan of cream soda. You're a cream soda person. I am. I am. And I can even, I'm looking up at the wall. I can do most, I can even do cherries and cream, um, but I'm straight up know, cream is good. A lot of, we, um, if you guys don't know, uh, we recently just filmed our uh, April Fool's episode and you guys should have just saw that if you're listening to this episode. But uh, some, a lot of these were not cream-based soda at all. Dirt soda. I they were, that. that one actually tasted like <laughs> vanilla. It tasted like <laughs> vanilla. I do not recommend drinking them all in one go is the only thing I have to say. But like the strawberries, cream and cherries, the cream are actually really good. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my playlist is is a little bit old school. I go all the way back to Jurassic 5 okay. uh, with Charlie Tuna and uh, a little bit of MF Doom and a little bit of Odd Future. So nothing, Ooh. nothing operatic at all. Yeah. Because oh. I listen to that stuff all day long. I need to listen to something else. I understand. I understand. Um, okay. So my next question, what is this year's opera? Because I don't know what it is. I keep looking for it everywhere. It just says opera. And mm -hmm. Is it like a collection of pieces? Is it an opera opera? Like what's happening? This semester we're doing a musical review, uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein, and it is called A Grand Night for Singing. And it's comprised of a number of favorite uh, songs from uh, musicals like Oklahoma, South Pacific, uh, Carousel, and, and, and The Sound of Music, uh, among others. And some of those are being sung by a similar voice type to the person who sings it in the original show. And some of them are completely mashed up and being sung by, you know, a, a different gendered character and that sort of thing so it's a it's a doesn't really have a storyline it's just kind of like a mashup of a, a bunch of their tunes with this with the actors relating to each other and whatever the given context of every piece okay mm -hmm. follow-up question mm -hmm. why well we two things one is we have a plan currently where we are alternating every other year one year as an opera, one year as a musical theater. Those happen in our spring semesters. And in our fall semesters, we do sort of like a themed cabaret performance that has a mixture of all vocal music genres, not just opera and musical theater. We had some popular music uh, inserted in there last year, as well as some art songs. Um, so we're on the rotation. So that's for musical theater. So that's why we're doing musical theater in particular, but this show, um, I wanted to get our singing actors up and moving. So this show has a good bit of choreography in it. Um, and our, our actors are, some of them have done a lot of choreography and some of them have not done a lot of choreography. So I think it's a, it's a really important, uh, learning experience for all of them. And I've, I've witnessed, with a bunch of the students, it really incredible growth. And also with regards to their development as a singer, now that they're getting accustomed to using their whole body on stage through dance, their approach to singing is actually even changing and, and evolving and, and getting stronger. We love that. We love that. We love change and growth. 
Another question I have for you is what do you look for when people audition for like musical theater and opera? Because they're very two different things and they come with two different skill sets. So like, how do you know this would be good for this and this would be good for the yeah, other? Yeah, you know, I think traditionally people have thought of them as being very different. I don't think of them as being all that different anymore. Um, the Both of the genres have changed quite a bit. It used to be in opera that singing was the most important thing and a particular way of singing was the most important thing and that the acting took sort of like a back seat to it. Um, and maybe in musical theater, a little bit of the opposite that maybe the acting was the more, most important part of it. And the singing was, was maybe it was expected to be good, but not necessarily like the most important part of the production. And I think uh, both of them have sort of evolved to be a lot more alike than they are uh, dissimilar. So um, with that in mind, you know, I'm just looking to see, first of all, when I, when I hear the voice, is it a voice that can make all the sounds that are going to, that are going to be asked of them for whatever the particular part is? Um, when I watch the person um, perform, I want to see, a little bit about how they move, a little bit how how they tell the story, not just with their voice, but with their face and their body. Um, but we are all here to learn, so um, I I don't think I'm I'm not looking for any sort of finished product when it comes in. I'm I I think the the most important thing is I'm looking for somebody who's flexible, adaptable, and um, is able to take instruction really well and probably even more important than that works well with others because when we do a show we rehearse pretty intensely um, for a number of months and it's kind of like a little family and the last thing you want is somebody to come into that family and cause a lot of disruption yes. <laughs> in the family you know we all fight with our families plenty enough as it is we don't we don't need to choose that so um we're looking for for people who are going to be a uh, a good productive and supportive part of that family because what we're doing uh in the end is uh hopefully showing our soul as we perform and that requires a lot of uh, a lot of safety on the part of your coworkers. If you if you're uh, pouring your heart out, you want to make sure that you know that it's going to be in a safe place among people who respect and honor and value that same thing. So a hundred percent, like that's that's the to me every time I ask a director that they always say someone who works well with others. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, like you're going to have a hard time doing anything within this career field yeah. because all of this is collaboration. And everybody knows everybody. Exactly. <laughs> like word of mouth travels mm -hmm. fast. Mm -hmm. Like your reputation will precede you and people really just don't understand mm -hmm. like how important that is. So I 100% I agree. Um, and then another question I have for you before we bring in all the students is um, how was, because you say it's similar. And I actually mm -hmm. find that very funny that you say that it's similar casting. How do you find directing theater and opera? Like how close and similar are they? Because to me, every time I see it, it seems very differently. Yeah. Um, so I think probably the 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 main thing that is dissimilar. I mean, first of all, let's start with the similarities. We all use text, right? So words. <laughs> and those words tell us a lot about who the character is, what they want, what their objectives are, uh, and what 
stands in their way of achieving those goals, as well as with the rest of the characters that they're on stage, um, how those characters uh, play a part in either standing in the way or helping that person get what they want. So um, all of those things are very, very similar. We we spend, and I said in our fall semesters, we do uh, a performance, but the performance is a culmination of like a uh, acting stagecraft um, character, um, character analysis and scene analysis program. So we spend time work, working with that, looking at, at the characters, uh, figuring out who they are, what, what their perspective on, on a certain thing is and, um, and how we can relate to it as, as contemporary human beings or people who were not born in that, in the, into that life, how we can live, most truthfully through the imaginary circumstances of the play that we're in. The, so in terms of all that, it's very, very similar. But in terms of uh, when we add the music, there's an added component that requires you to um, not just listen to the melodies and harmonies that are being sung by the characters, but you really have to listen to the orchestra because the orchestra plays an integral part in telling the story as well. Sometimes you'll hear sounds that um, foreshadow an event that's that's about to happen or sounds that um, are meant to represent a certain character or a certain idea. And they, they present themselves throughout the show as a way of sort of signaling that something, something is happening or is about to happen. So um, the, the musical element causes you to have to listen really closely to the score and maybe pay a little bit more attention to the timing of everything with regards to how it works with the score. Perfect. The score. We love the score. Mm -hmm. So now you know a little bit more about Dr. A. You know a little bit more about the production that's coming. It's going to be April 21st and 22nd, correct? Yes. So now that you know that, let's meet the students who are going to be performing in it, shall we? Hi. Hello. Hi. Can we go through and do a name introduction for everybody? Absolutely. Um, I'm Andrea Mastin, and I'm a junior here. And I am performing as Vicky in um, our in one of our casts on the show. Hi, I'm Natalie Thrasher. I'm also a junior, and I'm playing the character of Allison in one of our casts on the show. Hi, my name is Taylor Romanzik, and I am a super senior. I'm Ooh. a med uh, I'm a <laughs> I'm a what music education major. So many, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm playing the role of Lynn. And our cast date is going to be April twenty first. Um, so yeah. Oh, there's two casts. Yes. There's more than two casts. How many casts are there? We have two full casts and then a, a third half cast of understudies. Mm -hmm. We want to give as many people opportunities to not just learn the roles, but some to be able to be able to perform them and have backups whenever necessary. We love that. Mm -hmm. We love having two casts. Okay. So you guys are going to be there on the 21st. So if you want to come see these guys, come out April 21st. That's important. Show them support and show them love. Okay, my question is, um, before we get deep into your questions, is um, why are you at UNA? 
because all of you are juniors and seniors. So y'all had a chance to leave, but you're still here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, so when I was a junior in high school, the choirs actually came to my high school and the vocal jazz ensemble did like some cool songs. And then there were some where it was like so corny, but they, I know, (laughs) but I love them so much. He He knows. But um, it was just so great seeing them interact with each other. And it wasn't a choir where you were depending on a director to direct you. You were kind of depending on everyone in your ensemble to kind of make those choices with you while you're singing. Um, And I was like, I have to go here. So um, I asked a lot of questions when they came to James Clemens High School. And then about two years later, I was here. Look at that. Um, Okay, so I came here because originally I didn't want to go to college at all. Um, Graduated in 2020, you know, great time to be. We love COVID. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Just trying to get through that year was fun. So basically, I was just not really wanting to do any of it. But then one of my friends, he was like, hey, I've heard UNA has a great music program because he knew I always sung in choir and did theater. And so I looked it up and I ended up thinking, this might not be so bad. At least I could just, you know, get a degree and then be done. And I've stayed, though, because all of my really cool friends that I've made and all the professors are amazing. And, yeah, I think it's like it just helps you find what you want to do. Um, I came to UNA because I was specifically looking for a place that had a music program that would definitely open to exploring more unconventional ways in, um, you know, being here, you know, not just doing your standard shows, but doing it in a different way, something that was going to stand out. And also here on campus, I was looking for something that was big enough for me to grow, but small enough for me to be able to create a, establish a family with So you didn't have like a number basically. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, I remember in the spring, I saw a production of the Turn of the Screw that our opera and musical theater people did here. And after seeing that, I was sold. I was like, oh, I've got to, I've got to be here. And they haven't let me down since. So we love that. We love that. Um, my next question is, since all of y'all are sophomores and juniors, how many productions have you done here at UNA or events? Um, so do you want to put choir events in there? Or <laughs> like I said, I know you have a lot of choir One people in here. Million. So how many have you done so far? If you could count. So each semester, the choirs do two big events in the fall and three big events in the spring. Um, That doesn't include some of our outside work with the churches here or other organizations that work with UNA. So how many do you guys? I have absolutely Too many to count. Got it. Yeah. Far too many. You get a lot of experience here. Like you're not going to have no experience performing. You will get a chance to perform roles or sing in parts that you just like choirs that you love. So, yeah. About a week or so ago with the choirs and vocal jazz, we had a vocal jazz tour and then we had like three or four concerts in one week. So we do a lot. Bless your vocal cords. (laughs) We will take those prayers. Uh, my last question I have before you talk about the opera is, what is your soft drinks and soft jam? What you been drinking? What you been jamming? Okay, I'll go first. Um, my favorite soft drink, I love the cotton candy Fago. I live for it. Uh, 
anytime I find people, I get really people excited. disrespect Bago too much. It's good. <laughs> it's wonderful. I love corn syrup. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. <laughs> and then um, my my stuff jam. I've been listening to an Irish band called Hudson Taylor, and my favorite song by them is uh, "What Do You Mean." People disrespect Irish music. It's so good. <laughs> it's spectacular. And Scottish music. Oh my god! Like in like the original tongue. That stuff goes so hard. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I have like a really not good answer for the soft drink, but that is, um, I like don't drink soft drinks, but I always am drinking water. Um, but to make up for it, I have two soft jams. Okay. Okay. So we have variety here. Um, you love variety? This is Home by Cave Town and Good Directions by Billy Carrington. It's very two different sides of my personality, but they're both great. That is perfectly fine. That is perfectly fine. Okay, so unfortunately, I have not been blessed with the ability to drink soda because I'm allergic. How? So wait, okay, now we have to no, know. This is the very first time I've heard this. We have to unpack this now. Okay, well, hi. Um, I am allergic to corn syrup and maltodextrin, so like I can't have those. But what always comes through is vitamin water. Um, so the acai or the essential one, that one's really good. Um, and I know it's very funny. <laughs> it's not even funny. I just feel sad because like I can't drink caffeine. Like I hate, like if I am not a caffeine person. If I drink caffeine, I cannot function properly. So like in the morning I drink a Sprite because the carbonation wakes me up. Yeah. Like that's my coffee. And like, <laughs> I just feel so bad. It's okay. I'm really living up my life. It's okay. I know. I just feel bad. <laughs> I, that's probably the most American thing I could possibly say at this moment. It's feeling bad that you can't drink soda, you know, just straight sugar water. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but so I have three people that I have been jamming to That's every fun. day. And they're all indie vibes. We love so, indie vibes. Uh, Grant Perez is the first one. And the songs are Clementine and My Heart Beats for You, Monsoon, Out of My Mind, or Watch House, Old Ties and Companions. Those are pretty good. We love that. We love that so much. We love indie vibes. I love I love a good indie pop movement moment. Okay. I'm my music tastes wilds differently. If you guys who are listening to the podcast want to listen to the chaos that this, because if you don't know, this is all four playlists. Um, we have about, I want to say three or four albums now. Um, those albums include Taylor Swift, um, Big Time Rush, uh, Billy Joel, and um, oh, when I put on there, Ricky Montgomery. They are complete chaos. If you don't know what to put on, you can go to Spotify, type in <laughs> um, uh, University of North Alabama or UNA Soda and click on the soft drink, soft jams playlist. And you can jam out to all of these wonderful songs and artists people have found and listened to. There's a podcast on there. You never know what you're going to get. Hit shuffle and find out. Um, so, yes, go do that. Have fun. Now, before we get into your questions, if you guys don't know, I'm the world's designated hater. Um, I love to hate. I love it. It's so great. It's sometimes you just need to get that off your chest. And that's what I want you guys to do today. I need your biggest like hot takes. I need you to pop off right now. What is your biggest musical theater and opera hot takes right now? I'll probably get in trouble for this, but I am not a fan of jukebox musicals. I respect that. I want to. I want to hear that. the original bands playing their stuff. I respect that. Mm-hmm. I a hundred. No, that is a very good thing because my thing is a lot of times what the jukebox musical should be and what it is are two different things. Yes. And it sounds awful half the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. 
However, there's a trend on TikTok where everybody's making their own jukebox musical in real life, and it's hilarious. I'm not going to lie because it's so bad. That is a good one. Okay. My friends have told me that I need to just basically atone for my sins on this podcast (laughs) and admit to the world that I'm a phantom apologist in Phantom of the Opera. I think he can do no wrong. Oh, God. And Mm -hmm. I've been told that that's a problem for me personally. He gave you his music. (laughs) (laughs) I just think he's so great. Um, And I'm definitely team Phantom and not team Raul. Raul can go away. Uh. But Christine is better than both of them. So that's okay. I mean, that is correct, but (laughs) there are a lot of sins that need to be told for in this moment. I'm just going to say that. I'm... (laughs) Well, okay, so having been through all of that and having sung in that before, um, I I would say Phantom has gone through, like, time periods. Like, there was a time in the, like, early, mid-90s where you could not do anything from Phantom anymore. It was just, it had been done so much. And then, and then the movie came back years later and then it started, and then you, then you couldn't do it again after that. And I think it's about time where we can, we can do Phantom and and it's fine. It's not a problem with doing Phantom. It's the fact that you think Phantom is, ooh, soft boy. (laughs) (laughs) But he is. But he's not. He's down there in his little cave He's a criminal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's probably not a good person. He needs to see a therapist. He does. Maybe you do too. Don't we all? (laughs) (laughs) We all need to see a therapist. I do. But this will be in my therapy session now. (laughs) I do have one more hot take that I just thought of. 100% go for it. Um. So I think Les Mis is very overrated. It is. Oh, my God. It's so overrated. I don't even think that's a hot take anymore. I just think that's a collective that we need to start pushing into the public. (laughs) Anyway, that's all I wanted to say. Oh, okay. So so I have been going to a lot of shows recently, and my pet peeve is when they put too many people on stage. Like, there's not enough room for that person to do their move, and you can just see the people just, like, kind of T-Rex in their arms, you know? I hate T-Rex um, arms so much. <laughs> oh, God. Or, so stuff like that. Like, sometimes it's good to keep it simple. So, yeah. I, less is more, people. Less is more. <laughs> okay, mine, mine is probably going to be a little bit less popular, but I just got into uh, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812, and um, my my hot take, Natasha is, like, very, very mad problematic, honestly. Like, this might be a spoiler for anybody who, does, who doesn't know about it, but she went through three guys on that show. Three. So I'm just like, woo. Like, she couldn't figure it out. She was, she was young, but she was going through it. I think we just need to take some time to be by ourselves for a minute. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, I do have a hot take today. It's not... It's not specifically opera, but it is theater related. Um, my hot take is it's not a hot take if you don't like Shakespeare. A lot of people don't like Shakespeare. 90% of the population does not like Shakespeare. I don't care if you don't like it. You're not hot. You're not hip. You're not cool. You just join the rest of the people on the planet Earth. Okay? I don't care that you don't like them. I don't like them either. That's not the hot take. No one cares. Oh my God. You're like every other person in English class who did not grow up with their parents forcing them to watch Romeo and Juliet at a young age. It's not important. Okay, Nobody which cares. Version? Which version? It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. It's the Leonardo same. DiCaprio? I know. No. My problem is because I will perform, like say I go and perform Romeo and Juliet. The, the little snobs will come up to me and go, it was art thou, not thou art. <laughs> I am 
dyslexic, it was the one word I messed up. No one cares if you like him. No one cares if you dislike him. Join the rest of the people who had to read it for Shakespeare for English and then moved on with their life. No one cares that much. I promise. Go into the see the go to go to London. Go to the, the the theater and enjoy it and have a nice day and then leave me alone and don't talk to me about it ever again. Thank you so much. Love everyone who's ever taken an English class in the United States. Should we tell her that our cabaret show last semester was Shakespeare themed? <laughs> I know. I had a feeling. I had a feeling it's in my, my mouth. I had a feeling. It's fine. I just I just had to let the world know that really fast. Take that as how you feel. Oh. Well, you know, as performers, sometimes we play characters that, like, if we, we knew them it. in real life, we wouldn't like them. A hundred percent. That is so true. But it's that's not our job. Gosh, our job it. on to stage perform. is not is not to like them or dislike them. You know, our job is just to be them. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Love it, hate it. It is what it is. Um, so let's talk more about the opera cabaret, all of it, the showcase. I don't know what to call it properly was there certain yeah i mean we do it was called brush up your shakespeare last semester and then we did uh the year before that we did uh what was it Ciao Firenze. because florence you know and yeah. because i was new to here so i was like saying hello to florence so, and it was all things like florence or italy related appropriately appropriately mm -hmm. so my question is how is Dif auditioning for the show different for other things you guys have auditioned for? Um, for the one we're doing this semester, basically, Dr. A originally asked us to pick repertoire like from the Golden Age Musical Theater. Um, so stylistically, it was specific to what we're doing. Um, and that's not always the case. And yeah, I think he just watched how we performed as we auditioned. Um, this is my first time doing a musical um, here at UNA. So audition-wise, I definitely um, felt more open to literally moving my body, but also not necessarily completely staying true to everything that's like written on the page. Of course, you want to start with that as your foundation, but then eventually there's a, there's a place of artistry where you kind of get to really express that character that you're trying to portray through your song. So you get to show that off a little bit. I also think that the audition process is a little bit easier than what it used to be because um, sometimes our auditions would be tagged along with our juries and I don't know if you've heard about juries but it's essentially a culmination of everybody all the work. hates juries I've never heard of this before I, I'm a theater so, person but I don't do musical theater because I'm not confident a enough. jury is a juried final examination so you do a final performance before a panel of of teachers who then like score, write comments, make suggestions, that sort of thing. And it is probably the cause of the most stress uh, and consternation amongst <laughs> all music students from probably going back to the dark ages. <laughs> um, and I really wish we could change the name. Like the word jury just sounds does not sound good. We should just call it like end of the semester performance. It's for performance review exactly. mainly. Yeah. Performance review, yeah, something like that. That would, you know, encourage people not to be so concerned about doing things correctly, but to rather like demonstrate how they have grown and developed as a singing artist. Mm -hmm. So these auditions weren't tagged along to those 
big stress balls at the end of a semester. They were actually done separately so that you could take whatever you have from your jury and leave it where it is and then come into a different audition and kind of like have time to reset yourself and know like, okay, this is what I'm doing for this. And then, you know, we'll just see how it goes. That is respectfully better. I, you guys should do that all the time mm -hmm. now. I don't know why that was not that before. I hate that. Well, and sometimes I didn't even it's, do it. Sometimes it's for convenience because yeah. juries are like one of the only times when we can be sure that we're going to have all of the voice people there. Mm -hmm. But also we're, we're really trying our best to be uh, inclusive of the entire campus community. So um, we had one person who started off in the show, but his... Uh, his schedule in theater was like a little bit too hectic for him. And he actually just called me the other day to ask me about doing next semester and the semester after that. We, uh, I mean, we don't want this just to be only music and theater students. This is, this belongs to all of UNA and anybody, anybody should be able to come in and, and audition and, and hopefully be a part of this. Yes. I love it. Absolutely. Come join us. Come, come become one of us. It's fun, I promise. Um, my question for you guys, you always feel free to join in, um, is what has been your favorite point of rehearsal or um, part of the show so far? Choreography. I love it. Um, I really, really- You're a little dancer. Really... We have a movement class together and every time. Yeah, Natalie's you know. a little dancer. Um, yeah, anytime we can move, I love to put movements with singing and putting it all together in this musical review is- really really spectacular and doing it with this whole cast both cast and understudy cast is really really fun okay my favorite thing is seeing how other people play like my role or how they how I've seen like my cast members do their thing and then watch the other casts do it because everyone has a little different interpretation of what they want to show and I think it brings like little nuggets of joy to the show or how people want to do that so I really enjoyed that um my favorite part here is that I get to be happy um <laughs> Uh, I should I should rephrase that. The character that I portray gets to be happy. More often than not, I'm usually playing somebody who is either like incredibly lovesick, is either like about to die, or you know, dramatic. which I I feel I feel it. You know, I feel those things and I love it. But here I get to smile and like mean it. It's so exciting. I love it every single time. It's like oh, this is not a sad song. I'm a, I'm a, I'm amazed. Love that. Um, I have a quick question. Um. So do you guys audition together, like not audition, rehearse together for like the two casts or you do the two casts separately or? Yeah, we, we all rehearse at the same time. We have a regular class meeting time, uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday from 3.30 to 5. And um, sometimes when we're first learning a scene, we'll have everybody sort of like in rows. Uh, so like mirroring each other and then swap who's in the front. So that way they get all the blocking or all the choreography. And then we have them split, split apart and do one cast at a time. And like, for example, later this afternoon, we're doing two runs of our first act. We did the second act on Tuesday and Thursday. So both, uh, both the gold cast and the purple cast will get a run of, uh, of the first act today while the um, covers will be sort of mirroring on the side and one cast will be sitting up in front kind of helping the other cast along if they're missing words or not in the right place at the right time you know 
pointing directions and things like that. So it's it's very collaborative. I want I want them to to get used to this because a lot of our students are actually uh, music education majors, and a lot of them will be doing some of this themselves. So to get them used to like what is it like to have to ask somebody on stage to move from point A to point B. How can you communicate that in a real direct way and in a real, hopefully kind and productive way? So that. what has been your favorite part of rehearsals? I just like watching them. They're, they're, I mean, when, when, when they're having fun, there is, there's just, um, an energy and an enthusiasm that becomes very contagious. So, you know, we all work long days. We all put in lots of hours doing tons of different things. And it's easy to show up at the beginning of rehearsal and be like, I'm really tired. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And then magically at the end of rehearsal, everybody comes out more energized than they were going into it. And that to me, that's, you know, that's sort of the selfish side of it. That's what, that's what we all get out of this, uh, do creating these things together. Um, but you know, even more so it's going to be really fantastic when we share it with other people and, and they get to see that too. But I love watching that. It's, it's really hard for me to pay attention to what I'm supposed to be doing when I'm, when I'm watching them and just laughing. We love that. One of my last questions I have for you guys today is as professional yellers, are there any tips and tricks for like vocal strain and fry? I should know this cause I do theater, but I don't have any. So please help me. Um, don't overwork yourself and just breathe. Breathing is good. I hear if you stop breathing for a prolonged period of time, it's not positive. Bad yeah. things happen. It's rather important to singing. Um, this is tough for the coffee drinkers out there, but make sure mm. like water, mm. water, coffee will dry you out. If you drink alcohol, that'll dry you. That'll dry you out. You know, just lo- lots of water. Take care of yourself in general. Um, so a lot of my teachers have given me some very useful tricks and some of them are very hard to explain when you're not standing in front of someone. Um, but there, there is a weird one that I heard from Dr. Went in vocal pedagogy where, you know, how people have a tendency to clear their throat and it's very like, okay, we don't want to do that. Um, (laughs) and I know it sounds very weird, but, um, (laughs) with your vocal folds, they kind of come together and you can actually lightly tap them together by making like a sound. So, but, but hear me out. So if you you know what the name of that is, I do not. I coupe de glotte. Yes. I remember this. So if it's, if your throat's hurting, sometimes if you just go, Uh uh-huh and so you can get some things out um whenever I've lost my voice or things are going rough my saver for me is mint tea and honey and I do that all the time and then I do the (laughs) (laughs) I've learned so many things today (laughs) also Also, you can feel when you speak or if you do that exercise you can feel where your vocal folds are because you can feel the vibrations so like if you put put your hand on everybody do this with us (laughs) (laughs) okay so if you put your hand on your throat and say say if you start right here under like where your tongue is beneath your jaw and then slide it down like it's a little candy cane 
and end right here where you'll feel like a little notch where the uh, Adam's apple is. You can especially feel it if you swallow. And yes, women you'll still do have Adam's apples. They just don't show. But like if you swallow. I, I did. I felt yeah, it. Yeah, and you feel it. So that's like, that's where it originates. Oh my God. It's kind of cool. Oh my, I, oh my, <laughs> I'm so excited about this. This is so, oh my Lord. And don't sleep on the power of a warm down. We all know about warming up our voices, but warming them down afterwards mm -hmm. is just as essential, especially I if you're doing do like some intense stuff. So instead of like, you know, war, um, warming, like uh, going very higher in your voice, whenever you're trying to warm up to like warm up all parts of your range, you also want to bring it back down to your normal like speaking pitch. I love this. I, I have so many more tips now. I feel like a professional. Do you have any tips for me? <laughs> the turkey one is really good. <laughs> turkey one? You know what I'm talking about? You know, so the other thing that I do here at the school is teach, teach voice lessons. And, you know, I, I have sort of a, a protocol that I follow. So there's kind of like a step one, a step two. And the protocol kind of helps me do a little assessment daily to see where the students are at, um, but also helps build certain coordinations. And I think that that's, that's probably the most important thing is that everything – Everything has to be habituated. You have to spend, I mean, I used to get really upset at this. I've told told the students this story many times. Uh, my ex-wife is, is from France, and she used to say, Eric, it is so easy for you. And I used to get so mad about that. I'd be like, I, you know how much I practice. This is not easy. And then I thought about it, and I was like, actually, that's the best compliment ever, because if I did my work, and I habituated everything and I practiced to the point where it looks easy. Well, first of all, nobody knows how much I'm sweating and struggling while I'm actually doing it, but I accomplished what I set out to do by making something that is pretty, you know, we're spinning 10 plates at once and it's pretty complicated and complex. And yet if I can make it look easy, then I did the right, then I did the right thing. So, you know, there, I don't think there's any, there are like little hacks and quick tips and stuff like that, but really it's a, it's a long process to being able to do this sustainably well. I love that. We learned so many things today. At least I did. And that's all that matters if I learned something. Um, not that you guys shouldn't learn anything as well. So now you know where your vocal little claps are. Um, that's probably the wrong word, but I'm going to call them little vocal claps. Um, I like that I more. It. We're using that now. Yeah. Little vocal claps. I'm sorry. It has now been renamed. I'm sorry, science. I don't make the rules. I just kind of, actually, I do. Um, let's have a little fizzle down, feel good. As, as a way you should warm down, you should fizzle down at the end of this episode. What's one good thing that's happened to you this week? Mine currently is that the fact that Dave is wearing a boa. Oh my God, I've made through this whole episode and I never told y'all what my soft drink and soft jam is. I have really bad ADHD. I'm sorry. Um, why were here? I'll do that. Um, my soft drink. Honestly, I don't know. I haven't been drinking anything consistently. After the April Fool's episode, I refuse to drink soda. Um, so I haven't been drinking that. Actually, I've been drinking a lot of Gatorade because I've been dehydrated. I need to drink more water, but that tastes yucky. So I've been drinking Gatorade. Um, and uh, what else? The, oh, I've been, I've been listening to this morning. I woke up and Moving Out by Billy Joel was stuck in my head. And I was listening to that on repeat until Kat walked in the office. So that's my soft drink and soft jam. 
And my one good thing is that Dave's currently wearing a boa and he looks wonderful in it. Okay. What is one good thing that's happened to you guys this week? <laughs> when I woke up this morning, um, I stayed at Natalie's place last night and she made she made cinnamon rolls. Oh, yeah. That was just like the perfect start. We they were amazing. Um, I'm also going to tag along with that because I was also in Natalie's. Oh, um, we did a sleepover. <laughs> just a giant sleepover. We love it. And Cast bonding. Yeah, for real. There you go. Um, and the cinnamon rolls were so good that I was so ready for choir. So... <laughs> Um, okay, so that was kind of going to be mine as well. <laughs> That's fine. Everyone just had cinnamon roll. I feel so left out. I want a cinnamon roll now. God. They were really good. <laughs> and I still have two in my fridge. So, like, I might go have those later. 100% respect that. I've had a few weeks off from my jujitsu class. And so I finally went back this week and I did not get choked out. Woo! So that's that's a positive. Yes. Claps, claps. We love it. We love it. Also, we do have an Instagram and Facebook page. Mm -hmm. um, it's UNA Voice, Opera, and Musical Theater. I know it's a lot to type in, but as soon as you type in that first word, you'll find it. Um, and our uh, Leah Pickering, she runs that. She does a great job with it. Um, so you'll see some updates for about more information about all of our casts. Um, yeah, we have, get, have pictures, on. bios, mm -hmm. and action shots from our rehearsals. Behind the scenes shenanigans. Mm -hmm. We yeah. love that. <laughs> um, I have any other social medias that you guys want to plug? Any projects that you guys are working on? I have a recital that's coming up after spring break. Ooh. I think everyone should be there. It's April 4th at 530 in the recital hall. I hate to break this. This is going to come out after that. Oh, well, then you should have been there. I'm sorry. You should have. <laughs> it's too late. Um, keep looking at the UNA music page because they also post some things about like all of our students that you can get in contact with, like Natalie's lovely recital coming up and yeah. Okay. Um, if you are listening to this, you may or may not be a soda student or you might just go to the university of North Alabama. And if so, um, soda stands for the school of the arts. If you couldn't have told already, we're having a skate night. Uh... It's free for students. It is absolutely positively free, 100% free. If you go to the University of North Alabama, all you got to do is show up with your main card and you get in. It's going to be April 26th. Look out for our social medias for that. You might want to be there. Dave's going to be there. And who doesn't want to see Dave in some early skates? Mm -hmm. um, I'm definitely going to be there now. You're welcome. <laughs> you are welcome. You are welcome. If you go to the University of North Alabama, you get in for free. Who doesn't want a free skate night? I know I want a free skate night. Celebrate. <laughs> exactly. Anyone? anyone? <laughs> Who wants to pay when you can do it for free? So come be there. Come meet me. We might even possibly have a booth set up where you can come talk to me. Don't know yet. I got to talk to my bosses. Hopefully they <laughs> say yes. Please say yes. Um, until next time, hopefully you guys come see the opera. Hopefully you come to our skate night. And we will see you all very soon. Well, I will see you all in the next episode. Bye. Hey there, UNA student. Come celebrate the end of the semester with the UNA School of the Arts' Soda Skate Night. The event is at the Florence Skate Center on April 30th and will be held from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Admission is free for all UNA students and includes a pizza slice and skate rental. For more information, search Soda Skate Night in campus groups. See you there, skaters.